You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. So Father, I thank you for yet another podcast. And I thank you for this new series. I thank you for this opportunity to share what is true about prophecy in this series and what the ministry of the prophet looks like and what the ministry of prophecy, the gift of the spirit prophecy looks like this side of the cross. Thank you that we can hear you clearly because we are one with Jesus. And thank you that that's the foundation of what prophecy is. It's just being able to hear from you. And I thank you that all of us have been recreated in Christ to be prophetic. I thank you that this is not just a gifting for a few select people, but Father, that in this covenant, in this new creation reality, we are one with you. That means that we are seated in heavenly places right now. We are centered right in the middle of the triune love because we are centered inside of Jesus. And you see us wrapped inside of Christ. We have access to the mind of God. We have access to what you're doing, Father. We can operate as a son that operates like Jesus because Jesus is operating through us. And so that means we can see what you're doing, Father. We can hear what you're saying, Father, and we can get into that place of complete dependency where we are abiding in the vine and flowing in the spirit and being led by the spirit and speaking spirit-filled words and, and having all kinds of encounters in the heavenly realm, Father, because of our connection to that realm through Jesus. And so we just want to uh, just go where you're going in this series. We want to, to build this uh, line upon line and precept upon precept. So I just yield my mind. I yield my body. I say, do what you want to do through me during this series, Father. We're going to follow your lead. And we thank you that it's going to be a, a breath of fresh air for us in a I don't know, kind of a crazy world, both in the church, both outside of the church. And you're going to settle us down on a sure foundation of Jesus Christ as we learn to operate in the gift of prophecy. So God bless everyone that's here, Lord. Not bless, just bless their sock offs and do, do, uh, do exceedingly abundantly above all we can think and all we can ask according to that power that's working here in Jesus name. Amen. Well, welcome, you guys. I'm really excited to, to hop off into this new series. I think it's kind of a hot topic uh, at the beginning of every new year. Um, if, for those of you that are listening to the podcast in the future, uh, then when we're recording it, that, uh, you know, it's important for you to know that we are recording this podcast here at the beginning of a new year. And, you know, at the beginning of a new year, you know, I talked about this in the, in the last series, uh, Seen from Heaven's Perspective, but it seems like we're always... I don't know, you know, creating New Year's resolutions. We're wondering what God is saying for the new year. And, and you know, we kind of go into this like hyper focus, if you will, of new beginnings and change and goals and all of that good stuff. And I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that unless we use that almost like as a crutch rather than recognizing that every day in the kingdom, all things are possible that every day we wake up in the reality of heaven right now and truthfully we're not we're not trying to become something we are believing that we have already become something and so many times uh when we kind of hear those new year's prophecies or we enter into hearing god for the new year you know, it's almost like we're expecting some for God to do something new, right? And it's like there's this delineation but at the new year, like, okay, now God's going to do something new in my life, and this is going to be a new thing. 
And that's, you know, it's comforting in, in a sense. It's comforting to be like, oh, it's a new beginning. It's a new start. It's, it's like this line in the sand that we can draw to put the past behind us and begin afresh, you know, today and in this new year. And it kind of gives us a clearing and a space to like start over again. And I totally get that. And I'm not like here to just kind of bash that or anything, but I do want to, I do want to maybe present another uh, process in uh, the life of a believer, right? And talk about what God is doing all the time. And yes, there are different seasons. There's different times in our life that God is doing something different in our lives, but there's always one goal, right? And the goal is listed in Romans chapter eight, which says that we are being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And so each of us has this destiny in a sense that we are going to be like Jesus. And the crazy thing about this being conformed to the image of Jesus is that we are not becoming something we're not, okay? We are being transfigured. Uh, just like on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17, when Jesus goes up to the mountain, you know, with Peter and John and his appearance changed right before their eyes and his face began to shine. His clothes were filled with light. You know, it wasn't that Jesus wasn't always that. I mean, he 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 was always the glorified son of God. In fact, he was just the glorified son of God come into flesh and flesh was simply obscuring the fullness of his glory. And so the same is somewhat true about us, meaning uh, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, right? Christ is in us right this minute, perpetually, eternally. Our spirits have been joined to the Lord. We are one with him. And so this is not about being transformed into something we already are, which is one with Jesus. We're already conformed to the image of Jesus in the spirit, in, in from God's perspective. The problem is, is that we aren't believing it. And so really the only thing that's left for us to do in, in order to experience this transfiguration or experience this transformation is for us to change our minds. It's for us to believe that. And so I'm, I'm introducing this because if we um, take an approach to hearing from God or have a relationship with prophecy that is outside of really what the Lord is doing to the body of Christ, which is conforming us to the image of love, conforming us to the image of Jesus, meaning he's moving all of the unbelief out of the way all the time so that we get into agreement with what Jesus accomplished on the cross. We are simply getting a revelation of the new creation so that we can enjoy the new creation. And I wanted to do this series because every year, of course, I get inundated as we all do in our inboxes and on social media and all this stuff with, you know, the new word for the year and this prophetic thing. And we're on these lists and we get these prophecies and we get these things. And truthfully, if I'm just honest, and I, I really prayed about this because I did not want to come on this into the series with like a critical spirit. That is not my heart in this. But my heart is to adjust the lenses of the body of Christ so that we can see ourselves clearly. We can see Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit clearly, and we can understand the gospel clearly without the illusion of separation from God. 
And, you know, I kind of joke sometimes that I feel like I'm the union police in the body of Christ because everywhere I, everywhere I look, I mean, it's just like, I just see it. I see the separation from Jesus in, in messages, in worship music, in prophetic words that we get in our inboxes. I mean, it's, it, and it, it just, it, it grieves my spirit because I, I, I know the pain and suffering that arises in our lives when we live from a position that we lack something, when we live from a position that we are less than, when we do not have an identity that is rooted and steeped in our completeness in Christ. And so much of what we are inundated with in the prophetic ministry of 2022 is still this, we're, we're, we're speaking to an old man Many times we get these words and we're, we're waiting on God to do these things rather than stepping into what he's already done and advancing the kingdom in union with Jesus in the name of Jesus. And so we keep waiting for this next outpouring. We keep waiting for this next move of God in our lives because we are not fully rooted and grounded in the move of God that has already been accomplished in our lives. And so it keeps us chasing our tail because we think we lack something. And real new covenant prophecy is always coming from the place of you've already got it, right? So wake up and enjoy it. Wake up to what has been, who you are. Wake up to what's already been accomplished. Enjoy your union with Jesus. Enjoy your inheritance in Christ. Recognize that the enemy is completely defeated and has no authority. So let's not focus on him. Let's focus on the victory of Jesus. Let's focus on his calling for your life and the advancement of the kingdom. And so there's a completely different spirit. And when we constantly prophesy out of, you know, seasons of attack and seasons of, you know, you've been through this thing and this thing and this thing. Well, the reason why we keep going through these things is because we don't know who we are. And we keep this kind of almost, um, instead of just being dependent on God from a union perspective, we never grow up and we just are dependent upon God from a baby perspective. Meaning we just, we have to get the milk of the word. We just are constantly needing milk because we don't, we're not ready for meat. And the milk of the word is just simply the word of righteousness. If you, let, let me just start off here today. I, I, I'm saying a whole lot and I'm already off of what I thought I was going to say. So let me just go with where the Holy Spirit's taken us. Let's go into Hebrews chapter five. And this, I, I've taught on this before, um, but I wanted to teach on this topic because I want to help and I want to um, be a part of maturing the body of Christ. I want to I want to help us get off just needing milk constantly, which honestly, to me, most of the things that I'm reading are not even good milk because they're not steeped in union. I feel like it's like sour milk. It's not good milk. It's not pure, sincere milk. And I want, but I want us to get the milk that we need so that we can grow, so that we can grow into the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ, which by the way, is the whole purpose of prophetic ministry of, of, of those of us that are prophets, those of us are pastors, evangelists, you know, all of the fivefold ministry. The purpose of that ministry is to grow you up, to grow you up. And we'll talk more about that. But I want to, I want to um, jump off here today in Hebrews five, because here's what it says, um, uh, you know, in the context of this, 
this chapter, you know, the, the author is just basically talking about who Jesus is and what Jesus has accomplished. And he's talking about that he's the king priest out of the order of Melchizedek. And there's a lot of deep stuff in this chapter. But in chapter, in, in, in verse 11, it says, I'll just start there. It says, we have much to say about this topic, although it is difficult to explain because you have become too dull and sluggish to understand. Verse 12, for you should already be professors instructing others by now. But instead, you need to be taught from the beginning, from the beginning, the basics, the basics of God's prophetic oracles. Let me read that again because I kind of butchered it. It says, for you should already be professors instructing others by now. But instead, you need to be taught from the beginning the basics of God's prophetic oracles. You're like children still needing milk and not yet ready to digest solid food. Verse 13, for every spiritual infant who lives on milk is not yet pierced by the revelation of righteousness. Let me say it again. For every spiritual infant who lives on milk is not yet pierced by the revelation of righteousness. But solid food is for the mature whose spiritual senses perceive heavenly matters. And they have been adequately trained by what they've experienced to emerge with the understanding of the difference between what is truly excellent and what is evil and what is harmful. So I want to come here just for a moment and talk about that we're infants when we still don't understand this revelation of righteousness. And so much of what I see in prophetic ministry is keeping people on this milk because it's not steeped in a revelation of righteousness right? It's steeped in you are a victim. You are a victim of the enemy. You are a victim of your circumstances. You are a victim of your finances. You're a victim of your coworkers. You're a victim of the world system. You're a victim of all of these things. You are, you are not powerful. And so you're waiting on God to deliver you constantly out of these trials and these tribulations. And the reality of it is, is the reason why you're, con you're constantly going through that cycle of, of victimhood and, and powerlessness is because you don't have a revelation of who you actually are. And that sounds like a really strong, harsh word, but it is the truth, beloved. The revelation of righteousness is a revelation of your righteousness in Christ. The, you know, righteousness apart from Christ is called self-righteousness. It's a separated righteousness. It's a righteousness that's based on legalist, legalism and the law. It's a righteousness that says that if I do the right things, then, then I, you know, I'm right. If I do the wrong things, then I am wrong. And so it's this conditional righteousness righteousness that's based upon your performance and it's self-righteousness and the whole world system is built upon this and frankly so is the religious system right this is where we get and I'm just going to speak it straight today right but this is where we get the concept of confession with a priest right this is where we're we're confessing our sins constantly because we're, we're we have to confess our sins in order to be cleansed of unrighteousness right so the confession itself becomes an act that we do to obtain right standing with God and the truth is all of these systems that cause us to work for righteousness are exactly what Jesus came to abolish. He came to abolish right and wrong from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He became our relationship with right and wrong, our relationship with judgment, our relationship with all of these things that, that performance, all of that. He came to say no more. 
that's not that's not who you are. You, you, you are not separated from me trying to be good so that you can be blessed, so that you can be righteous, so that you can have communion with God. No, righteousness is a gift. It's a gift and it's a part of the, the package of salvation that Jesus purchased for us on the cross with his blood, the, the ultimate price. God's blood was paid for us to no longer have to live under the curse of that system and under the toil of that system. And you have a brand new identity that is completely separate from that system, which is what Romans 8 and Romans 7 and Romans 8 is talking about. I mean, Romans 7 is kind of Paul struggling under the law. And then Romans at the very end of Romans 7, he says, oh, he will deliver me from this body of death. Right. And he says, oh, thank God, Jesus Christ has and, and will. Right. And then he goes right into Romans 8, 1 that says now, therefore, meaning because of that, there is now no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. Right. And Romans 8 begins to talk about the spirit of life in Christ versus the law and what the law could never do. Jesus Christ has done. And by this righteousness is a key part of this. It is it is the key. It is a key. It's it pierces our heart. <laughs> you know, I love the way the Passion Translation says that, that they have not been pierced with the revelation of righteousness, meaning our consciousness has not been, you know, invaded with a revelation of righteousness and righteousness when we don't have this revelation we have to have milk constantly and truthfully the prophetic ministry that most is happening that i'm connected to tell me if there's people out there that i'm not connected to but it is just a constant message of deliverance it is a constant message of being rescued from all kinds of nonsense that, frankly, we've already been rescued from because we've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness. We've been translated out of there. And so if we're experiencing, am I saying that we, have, we don't have trials or we don't have tribulations? No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is when you are walking in, as a son in union with Jesus, with a revelation of your righteousness through what God has done to you as a new creation and what he did to you is he crucified you with Christ. He buried you with Christ. He raised you with Christ. And then he, he sat you in heavenly places inside of Christ. This is an already finished reality. And your righteousness is based upon your identification with Jesus. You're in Christ. That's why there's no condemnation for them that are in Christ because there's no, no, uh, relationship with the law. There's no right and wrong based on performance inside of Christ. There's just Jesus. There's just you and him being one. There's just one spirit joined together as one. And so that revelation is the, is how we graduate <laughs> from milk to meat. And when we have prophetic ministry that is focused on you constantly being under something, being oppressed by something, under attack. You know, that is not the paradigm. Let's just take Jesus, for example. That is not the paradigm that he lived under, right? If he went into a storm, he operated as a son. If he went into a trial or a tribulation, he operated as a son. He was in union with the father and he did what the father told him to do. And every single trial and every tribulation that Jesus walked through, including the cross, 
released the glory of God, whether it was a miracle, whether it was a storm stilled, whether it was the multiplication of bread, heaven got released in every place where there was lack or where there was a need. And many times we are identifying with the wrong people in the Bible, right? So we read the gospels and we identify with the woman with the issue of blood, or we identify with, you know, the man that's been paralyzed at the pool of Bethesda. And I'm not condemning you in any way, shape or form if you are dealing with these things, because we are all in some way dealing with something that is not like heaven, right? I mean, that we still live in a, a, a world where heaven has yet to fully manifest. So there are traces and evidences of all kinds of things happening all the time in our lives. The difference is what is our attitude towards it? Are we waiting to be delivered from it? Or are we operating as the deliverer <laughs> who is in union with the deliverer? I mean, we are not self-deliverers, but in fact, we are inside the deliverer. So are we playing victim? Are we playing, are we playing victor, right? Are we, are we David in the David and Goliath situation where we're running to whatever is intimidating us in a sense? Are we running towards that challenge? Are we following the Holy Spirit as we hear him with the strategy that he has for that particular, uh, I want to call it glory project? Right, we can call it a trial, we can call it a tribulation, or we can call it a glory project. Because the goal in all of it is that we triumph because he always causes us to triumph. Why? Because he's already triumphed. See, that's why we can be of good cheer because he's already overcome the world. Now, am I saying that we don't have emotions, human emotions, that we don't have, you know, all of these things? We do, guys, but there is a way to live out of the spirit. There is a way to abide in the vine. There is a way to believe the gospel and what, what is true about you that transcends the human experience. Walking and living out of the spirit is a higher dimension than living out of our just human senses and our human emotions and our human bodies. Uh, there is a, a higher level that we can live from. And so, you know, this just points that out, that solid food is for the mature, it says here, whose spiritual senses perceive heavenly matters. And they've been adequately trained by what they've experienced Okay, meaning these trials and tribulations, they've walked through these things so that now they know the difference between what is truly evil and harmful and what is truly good, meaning that there's not a relationship with this, with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because we, we're, we're in, we're in the, the person who is the only judge of those things. And the judge of those things, God himself is a, we discern it. We aren't judging it with our human intellect. We're simply discerning with, with God. And so why am I starting here today? Because the, the, the purpose of new covenant prophecy and the purpose of a new covenant prophet is to encourage, equip, and edify. All right, let's go. Um, let's go over to, um, I'm going to remember where it is all of a sudden. I, sometimes I just don't know where I'm going until I go there. So let's go over to 1 Corinthians. Um, all right. Yeah, I want to go to 1 Corinthians 14. And I'm just going to start in verse 1. I'm in the Passion Translation, so we'll see how this reads. I may need to go into a different one. But it says, 
First one, it is good that you are enthusiastic and passionate about spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. When someone speaks in tongues, no one understands a word he says because he's not speaking to people, but to God. He is speaking intimate mysteries in the spirit. Verse three, but when someone prophesies, he speaks to encourage people, to build them up and to bring them comfort. Okay, let me just go into just some other uh, versions of this. Okay, um, let's just go into the King James, right? It says, but he that prophesieth speaketh unto men for edification, exhortation, and comfort. Okay, and this chapter 14 is kind of talking about the difference between speaking in tongues, uh, speaking in tongues with an interpretation, and then also speaking uh, it prophetically, right? So there's this whole thing that goes on in this chapter about the difference between those things, speaking in tongues, you're speaking to God, speaking in tongues with an interpretation. Now you're speaking, you know, as a, it's really the equivalent of a prophecy. Now you're speaking a, a spiritually inspired message from God and prophecy, which is a, a spirit, spirit inspired message from God. And it says the purposes of those, of those spirit inspired messages of God is to edify, encourage, and comfort. And so what I want to say about new covenant prophecy is that right here, the apostle Paul says we are to, we are to, um, desire this. We are to be passionate about these things. I love the way the passion translation said that. Let me go back there. Um, because it is a good thing to want to be able to prophesy. Prophecy is a really good thing. It says, um, Oh gosh, I missed the, it says here, it's good that you are enthusiastic and passionate about spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. So it's a great thing that we want to prophesy. And the other thing that I want to, I want to share about it is that prophecy really just comes from awakened spiritual senses, right? So it's just being able to see whatever the Holy Spirit is showing you and being able to hear whatever the Holy Spirit is speaking. This is the way that Jesus operated in union with the Father. If we go to, we could go to many places in scripture, uh, in the gospels, and you would hear him say things like, well, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's in John 14. If you go into John 5, of my own self, I can do nothing. Let's just look at a couple places, the way Jesus was operating uh, by awakened spiritual senses. And what I mean by that is that we have spiritual senses in the same way that we have um, physical senses, spiritual eyes, spiritual ears, spiritual sense of smell, spiritual taste, spiritual uh, sense of touch. Uh, the touch is how we sense God's presence, right? Um, hearing the voice of God is how we internally hear the, the still small voice inside of our own spirit, inside of our own thoughts, right? Our, our spiritual eyes are how we uh, how it's Holy Spirit imagination, right? So it's Holy Spirit inspired movies or images or mental pictures, Right. Obviously, the, the sense of taste we see um, in scripture where I mean, some of us, um, you know, have operated in that. Some of us haven't because we haven't exercised it. But in scripture, that's where, you know, people would be in a, in a prophetic experience and they would taste a bitter taste or they would eat a scroll and it would taste a certain way. Right. So they're interacting with a spiritual vision and their spiritual senses are being are being being used to do that. Same with the spirit, spiritual sense of smell. Um, I know I've experienced that. I know many other people that have experienced that where you're just smelling something that is not a physical smell. I remember smelling my mother's smell in worship one time right recently after she passed. It was very comforting. I remember smelling foul spirits before, you know, that smelled like sulfur. I guess it's the best way I know how to explain it. So there are, you can spiritually discern things with your, with your five, five spiritual senses. 
And so in John chapter five, I'm just going to go here, um, is an example of how Jesus uh, worked. Okay. In verse 17, uh, Jesus answered his critics by saying, every day my father is at work and I will be too. It says this infuriated them and made them all the more eager to devise a plan to kill him. For not only did he break their Sabbath rules, but he also called God my father, which made him equal to God. Well, sit with that for a minute because we call God father too. Oh no, I know I probably unpacked a, something there, but the point is we're not God apart from God, but we are in union with God. And from God's perspective, he sees us as Jesus. So there is an equality here. There's an equality. We're not sovereign. We're not the creator. We're not the source, but we are one with the creator and we are one with the source. We are co-creators, right? So there's just something to think about there. Verse 19 says, so Jesus said, I speak to you in eternal truth. The son is unable to do anything from himself or through his own initiative. I only do the works that I see the father doing. For the son does the same works as his father. Because the father loves the son so much, he always reveals to him everything that he's about to do. And you will be amazed when he shows him even greater works than what you've seen so far. So it says, for, as the, for just as the father has power to raise the dead, the son will also raise the dead and give life to whomever he wants. So my point is here is that Jesus is saying, I'm not doing these things as God, as in my own strength. I am partnered with the father here and he's working. He's working every single day. And so therefore I'm working because I'm just doing what he's doing. Right. So Jesus, how was Jesus doing that? He was doing that through his awakened spiritual senses. And what I want to say is that your the, the role of new covenant prophets in the body of Christ post the cross is to get the body of Christ operating in the prophetic through their union with Jesus, the same way that Jesus was using their spiritual senses so that they too can work with the father. Jesus can still work with the father because they're in, he's, he, we're his body, but he's in us. And now we're partnering with the father to do what the father is doing so that the father's will is done on earth as it is in heaven. Sons of God are living prophetically. So it's not just operating in the gift of prophecy, but when we are prophetic, it means that we are simply using our spiritual senses to speak to others in ways that encourage them, that edify and equip them, that comfort them, right? And truthfully, guys, sons of God are not the, I'm not saying that we never need those things, but I'm saying we need to get past the being the one that is always living off people's prophecies and trying to get a prophecy so we can hear what God is doing or know what God is doing. And instead, start living in union with God so that we're having our own encounters and we're living in the same kind of intimate relationship and union that Jesus enjoyed with the Father because we're in Jesus and in the Father because they're in us and we're one, that we actually are the one doing the expansion of the kingdom in Christ. And so in Ephesians chapter 4, if you go over and look at, you know, these you know, we call them the fivefold ministry gifts or the fivefold ministry graces, however you want to call it. You know, when you read about these different gifts, right? Pastors, apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists. When you talk about these graces that are on ministry gifts, meaning we are here to serve the body of Christ, to grow you into the fullness of the stature of Jesus. That's what it says. And this, this, some people call it the office of a prophet, but it's it's it means that it's it's you're called. You're called by God to be an equipping gift. You're called by God. You have the grace of a prophet on your life. 
And when you have the grace of a prophet on your life, it is not in the new covenant to operate in the same way that the old covenant prophets operated, right? Where we stand up and go to the king or go, I'm not saying that we don't prophesy in that, that way, but that's not the primary purpose of that gift. The primary purpose of the gift is listed right here in Ephesians chapter four. Here's what it says. Let me go into um, just a really simple uh, translation. Uh, let me just go in the NIV for a second, then we can come back and, and look at a different one. But in NIV, it says this. It says, okay, verse 11. It says, so Christ himself, well, we'll go back up to verse 9. Um, verse 7, we'll say, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why he says, why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to people. What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Man, that's so powerful that Jesus Christ is filling the whole universe because he ascended, because he descended. And when he ascended, he filled all things. In verse 11, it says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, then we will no longer be infants, meaning we won't need milk anymore, tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here, blown there by every wind of teaching and by cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Okay. This describes, I just am going to be honest, a lot of us who are addicted to prophecy, addicted to those prophetic words that we get all the time. Why? Because we're infants and we're being tossed back and forth by the waves. We're being blown around by every little wind of teaching. We're being blown around by the cunning and the craftiness of different things going on in our lives with this deceitful scheming and just the evil things that are happening in our lives. And we're just being taught. We aren't firm. We aren't founded and we aren't mature. But true prophetic ministry, let me just let me just throw it out there. True prophetic ministry is an equipping ministry. It is here to awaken your spiritual senses so that you yourself can grow into the fullness of Christ so that you can operate the same way Jesus operates, following the Father, doing his work, living your purpose out of union with him. And so I just wanted to, to wrap up today because, you know, I didn't really give a proper, if you will, <laughs> prophetic word for 2022. I'm um, really, I was just kind of sharing some of the things that I heard the Lord saying about taking the next step and, you know, you know, going through the process of forgiveness that as you take the next step, there's going to be an upgrade. So, I mean, I've shared some things that I've been hearing the, the father say, but I really want to go back to a, a word that I spoke in 2019, because every time I try to hear God about something new that he's doing, I just hear the same thing that he's doing. And that is growing us up into the fullness of the stature of Christ, getting us rooted and grounded in our true identity and causing us to conform to the image of Jesus. And that every single circumstance we are in is designed for good to do that. 
meaning that everything that we're going through is developing muscle. It's developing identity. It's developing an opportunity to uh, have greater revelation of our own identity, a greater revelation of God as Father as the, and the, pa- the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, there is a revelation in everything that we go through that we wouldn't get if we weren't going through it. So instead of taking on this victimhood mentality, like, oh, Jesus, just deliver me. A better question is, what's ha- what, what is the muscle that's being developed in this trial? What is the glory that God is trying to milk? <laughs> no pun intended with the milk earlier, but he's trying to get out of these circumstances. What is the, what is the transformation that he's causing me to agree with? What, what is he asking me to step into? And so these are mature questions because then we're no longer victims to circumstances, but we're like eagles that are using the storms and the circumstances to actually go higher. So everything that we do is just an elevator ride. We're going from faith to faith and glory to glory, faith to faith and glory to glory. So what is being developed in our lives by the particular situations that we find ourselves in, right? If you are in a season where you are getting revelation on unforgiveness and forgiveness, well, then you might be in a situation where you're getting a lot of opportunity to be offended, right? If you are in a situation where you are being, uh, molded into a revelation of the supernatural power of God, well, you may be in some situations that absolutely require miracles. But the point is, is that there are miracles available. You lack nothing. All that we lack is what is God saying? What is he doing? And what is he asking us to do as we navigate through whatever we're navigating through? And who who are we blessing in the process? Who are we ministering to in the process? What is he doing through this set of circumstances that glorify Jesus as Lord? So, I wanted to end today with a prophecy. This was actually the beginning of the prophecy, beginning of the year in 2019. So this is three years ago, three years ago. How many? Yeah, three years ago. But you know what? This prophecy is just as relevant today as it was three years ago. And what's interesting about it, it, coming into 2020, you know what he said? Well, I'm saying the same thing I said in 2019 because I'm still doing what I said I was doing in 2019. And so I just felt like I was supposed to circle back around um, for those of you that have been listening to my podcast for a while or for those of you that are just joining so we can get a picture of what we're talking about, like practically about what it means to have a new covenant, a new covenant prophecy. Okay, so let me just go over here and read it really quick. Um, Here's what it says. Okay, this was back in January 7th of, oh no, wait, let's see, what was the date on this? This was January 2nd, 2019. I posted this. All right, it's on the blog. It says, in order to be truly successful in life, my kids must live out of their true identity. They must live out of who they are in Christ. They must live out of the place where they are abiding in me. This means that each of them must stop identifying with their old self-image, the unregenerate me, the separated me, the alienated me, the independent me. Okay, I'll pause here for a second because I would also say the depressed me, the sick me, the broke me, insert a me that isn't Jesus. (laughs) And that's what he's saying. We have to quit identifying with. Okay, I'm going to keep reading. He says, this me no longer exists. It's just a memory of who they've experienced themselves to be over the course of their life. However, this memory of me, who know, who in reality no longer lives, must die in their minds. You cannot identify with the old man and the new man at the same time. You cannot be joined to me and separated from me at the same time. The state of abiding in Christ is the normal and perpetual state of being for a believer, whether they are aware of it not, aware of it or not. Separation from me is always just an illusion. However, when someone is deceived by this illusion, my life does not flow through them. 
As a result, they cannot produce the fruit or the results that they want. They cannot produce the fruits that come only from being connected to me, the tree of life. My results are produced by abiding in me. The supernatural is a natural byproduct of your life as you abide in Christ. But remember, child, it's one thing to know who you are in Christ, yet entirely different to live out of this identity as a way of life. And then he just began to speak to me, Shalise. He said, and this, my child, is the reason I created you. I've called you to help people live their life purpose and make a difference in the world the only way that it can happen, through oneness with me. This is also why you must never, ever stop moving forward and believing me for big, impossible dreams for yourself and others. Yes, it may be easier to live a normal life, but Jesus paid an incredible price for you to experience my life. And it says, if you want to know what those connected to you need to know coming into this year in order for this year to be the best year they've ever lived, tell them this. And by the way, this word is still relevant today as when I got it. It says, listen to my voice. This is how to live the best year you've ever lived. Listen to my voice. Make knowing me, living out of your true identity, and learning to abide in union with me your number one priority this year. Success in life isn't found in setting and achieving more goals. It's found in living life with me, in union with me. Will you set and achieve goals living this way? Of course you will. You will set and achieve my goals. I will accomplish my will and establish my kingdom through you as you abide in me. However, you and your life will not be defined by these accomplishments. For who you are and your success in life is always eternally defined by who you are in me. So I wanted to wrap up today with just an example of, yeah, that is what a new covenant prophecy sounds like. It sounds like the father telling you who you are. And if there's a strategy for deliverance, it's coming back to not necessarily what he's going to come and deliver you out of, although that happens, you know, especially while we're babes, especially it's especially necessary. And we all need the grace of God, but I'm, but it's always going to be steeped in encouraging you and comforting you with the gospel, the gospel truth about you, the gospel truth about heaven being now. It's not about God coming down and doing something else. It's about you recognizing what he's already done, living out of that uh, reality and now victoriously overcoming those things by hearing from God and doing what the father's telling you to do, saying what the father's telling you to say and watching the mountains move, watching the giants come down, watching the, the, the healing manifest, watching the money manifest, watching the, the world be changed because he's doing the work through you. So as an introduction, beloved, that's kind of what I wanted to cover today, that there is a different perspective with new covenant prophecy and we're going to keep diving into this over the next few episodes and we are going to talk more and more about how we can uh shift you know from being someone that needs milk all the time to someone that is living on meat living on the revelation straight from the father's mouth right 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 from that right hot off the grill from father so god bless you guys as always you know if you haven't done a breakthrough call with us and you are wanting to learn more about emerge learn more about how we are partnering with our students to get them into that place where they have awakened spiritual senses and you're ready 
to accelerate that process in 90 days, be clear about what your, your purpose is, be operating in that place of union so that you can actually fulfill your purpose. Well, then schedule a breakthrough call with our team. We can chat with you, talk to you more about Emerge, and we can help you get unstuck, drinking milk, and into the steakhouse of heaven. All right. God bless you guys. Love you. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to Shalisa's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalise.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at Shalise.com and watch Shalise's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.